Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, This week we are going to be talking about a question that I received through my website. And for anyone who doesn't know, um, pretty much any question you could ever think of that you would want to ask, you can ask me pretty much by any, you know, way you can think of to get in touch with me, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, email, um, or through my website, which is aubreyhenderson.com. There's an anonymous form there, and you can submit any questions there, any topics that you want me to talk about here on the podcast. Um, And so that is how we got this question today. It was from the form on my website. And I'm excited to answer this because I think it's going to, I'm going to read the question in a second. It's going to sound like a pretty specific concern that a person has around a pretty specific thing that they're coming up against. But I really think that hearing this question and kind of the pieces within the question and hearing my response, I think will be helpful and will resonate for a lot of different folks, whether they're in this exact scenario or not, because this question really gets at a lot of the things we talk about here all the time, things like self-worth, there's inner critic stuff. It's, It's a really juicy one. So I think we should just get right into it. I will read the question. This person writes, I'm in the beginning stages of starting my own career coaching business and have questions for you as a fellow coach. I trust in my qualifications and strengths as a coach, but sometimes I question myself, thinking, am I really good enough at what I do to charge people for it? Or how will I handle it if a client isn't satisfied with my coaching? Or there are so many coaches out there, what business do I have trying to become an independent coach in a sea of so many? How do you recommend fellow coaches remain grounded in their self-worth and have the confidence in their qualifications to charge for their time? Did you experience any self-doubt when you were starting your coaching business? And if so, how did you overcome that? So I wanted to answer this question not only from, I mean, I will, of course, answer from the perspective of a fellow coach, which is why this person is asking me this, um, but also to sort of speak to this broader experience of feeling like your expertise or your experience is not enough or worrying about whether people are going to be satisfied with something you're offering or how you're showing up or if the world really needs another fill in the blank, whatever thing you want to be or want to do, right? And so I think at the top, the first thing I want to say is that if you're excited about something, right, if you are contemplating thinking about something enough that you want to take a leap into in this case, entrepreneurship, starting your own business, or, you know, this could literally be anything you're trying that's new. And if you keep coming back to it, if you keep thinking about it, if you're excited about it, I will just start from the baseline of like, I think, I believe you should follow that instinct. I believe you should absolutely do it. 
And, you know, you're being drawn to that and pulled to that for a reason. And I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean in like the higher power kind of everything happens for a reason or the like God won't put something on your heart if it isn't meant for you kind of way. That's not necessarily what I mean, although if that helps you to think about it that way, that's great. More power to you. But I just, I mean, if you're thinking a lot about something, if there is a desire here for you, then that deserves to be followed. And I think I say that as kind of a baseline for everything else that I'm about to say is that this is something that is worth doing no matter what because it's something that you want to do. There's an idea that you have. There's a way that you want to, you know, start something new and create something new. And so I think starting from the grounding place of like, this is legitimate what you want to do and it deserves your investment and it deserves your time. Now, for the question itself, we're going to kind of tackle this in chunks. So the first thing that really struck me is like, you've done a really great job here at identifying the things that your inner critic is saying to you about this. So one of those things is, am I really good enough at what I do to charge people for it? Now, I think a lot of people can relate to this question, and I think it's like it goes beyond coaching. I think anybody who's like a service-based entrepreneur, right? But I think a lot of people will hear this and relate to it. And even if it's not necessarily about, you know, am I good enough at something to charge people? It could just be, am I good enough at something, period? Am I good enough at something to try doing it? Am I good enough to advocate for myself to get a raise? Am I good enough for X, Y, Z? So I think it applies whether you're a coach listening to this or not. The first thing that struck me is that you said in your in your letter, you said you trust in your qualifications and strengths as a coach. But I think if you're asking yourself this question of, am I really good enough at what I do to charge people for it? That's indirect opposition with this. Like those are incongruent things. I like trusting in my qualifications and strengths and not trusting that I'm good enough to charge people money. To me, those are incongruent statements. Um, and I don't say that to be shitty. I say that to be realistic. I think, you you know, I also think knowing that you have the qualifications or something, right, or knowing, like, yes, I have strengths that play well to this or, like, my personality and my natural qualities could be things that make me a great coach. Like, I think you can have all of those things and that doesn't necessarily all equal out to full and total confidence to really go for it and then start charging people money. And so I think those are those are things to kind of examine and pull apart is, you know, you are at the same time you're saying, I believe in my qualifications and my skills. I think hold tight to that, right? You you know that you're qualified, you know you have a strong skill set, and there's something telling you, you know, am I really good enough at this to charge people money? There's something in that like money peace for you. And I think money is such a fraught thing, right? Like it's such a difficult, challenging thing for people for so many reasons. And I think I think this is something that's really especially hard for a service-based business where, you know, something where you're providing a service where you're using skills or knowledge or qualifications that you have where there isn't like an actual physical, tangible product attached to it. It's kind of the you know, you're offering something that's, yeah, I fucking hate this, but some people will talk about soft skills, which to me is like code oftentimes in most settings for like delegitimizing the skill is like not being 
not being a useful or important or helpful skill. But this idea of things that are soft skills, things that are the intangibles that you can't necessarily, you know, concretely see in front of you, but that are meaningful skills. And a lot of those are important to being a coach or being in any role where you're helping people, right? And I think those intangible things start to feel tricky for us. I think that for a lot of us, what it feels like is that we're suddenly going to, you know, we're, we're in this place where we're starting a business and that means we're using our skills, we're providing a service, and suddenly we're going to start charging money for things that we feel like we may have spent most of our lives doing for free. And do I think this is perfectly correct logic and framing? No. But I think there is often the mindset for people as they're going into a career where they're using things that are sort of natural gifts and talents and especially the intangible soft skills that we think, you know, oh, I'm going to begin charging money for something that I've spent a bunch of my life doing for free. So in my case, like if I think about my role as a self-worth coach, I have spent a lot of my life being kind of a natural empath, connecting with people, you know, being a cheerleader for people in my life, being a person who is supportive, who's a listening ear, who is helping people think through problems. These are things that I've always done. And so there was a moment where I decided I was going to do this work professionally. And there is that, that thought that comes up of like, this is stuff I've always done for free. Like what, you know, what does it mean to begin charging money for it? And I know for me, the interesting thing about this is that, you know, it does, it taps into skills and qualities and traits that I've been using for a long time, things that they haven't technically been my job, but I've always used them in my job. So, you know, things like, like I said, like empathy, things like being able to read and connect with people, being able to build relationships And the thing that's different and the key thing to remember that's different is that you might be tapping into skills that you've had forever. You might be tapping into qualities and traits that you feel like you've had for your entire life and are just inherent to you. But when you start providing them in a service-based business, when you start being intentional about how you are using those qualities, those characteristics, whatever, you are doing so in a way where you are understanding the value where you are, you know, creating a value proposition for somebody where there's structure around it, where you're adding value. When you shift to kind of beginning to charge for your services, beginning to think of what you're doing, not as like a personality characteristic, but as a service you're providing, it's, you're not doing the same thing you've been doing for, for your friends and for your family all of these years, right? You're not, it's not the same. You're going to be offering your clients individualized service, right? You are going to be offering the service to people in a way that's intentional, it's regimented in some way, it has some structure, and you're going to be adding tremendous value for people. And I think that's the thing to remember, that's the mindset to adopt, is that if you do, as you say, truly believe in your qualifications, in your skills, and you're willing to then do the work to create the structures and the systems around that, to then offer those services with consistency and to like really back that up, those things are worth charging for and they are adding value for people. And so I think I think you have to remember that. I think that's the kind of mindset shift that has to come into play when you start to think about like, you know, who am I to charge money for this thing that I know how to do? You're offering people a valuable service. And I think that's really important to remember. Another thing that you asked 
is how will I handle it if a client isn't satisfied with my coaching? And so th- I feel like this definitely could happen. Um, and I don't mean to laugh like it's it's not funny and I, I don't mean to be glib about it, but I think this is something that is certainly possible. And I think, you know, some of this is just fear of offering somebody like a subpar service, which we kind of talked about before, this idea of like, who am I to charge for this? Is it even good enough to charge for? And, I, you know, that can be tackled with mindset shift around like, yes, I'm, I know I have the skills and qualifications. There's a reason I'm doing this. I'm going to work to build the structure. And so that is kind of addressed with that mindset shift. But I also think there's a piece of this that's sort of, it, it is a mindset shift too, but it's an acceptance that yes, you are going to have clients who are more satisfied with your services than other clients are. You are going to have people who maybe aren't into you as a coach, who try you out and decide that working with you is not for them for whatever reason. But I think the thing to remember with this is that this is true of literally any service-based profession or anything. I think we we want a reality where our clients feel empowered to decide if something isn't right for them and to be able to assess that. And I think it can be difficult and also depending on your orientation to the world and to relationships this is this can feel like another form of rejection right if a client doesn't you know feel satisfied with the services or with your coaching but i think i think the thing to remember is that doesn't necessarily mean you're offering a subpar service i think now i think if you have clients who are consistently unhappy with the service you're providing that is something to keep in mind but i think there's the possibility that somebody could just you could just not be the coach for them and that that would be okay. So I think going into this, there is some acceptance of that, right? And we'll get to more of the like, what if things go wrong part later. But, you know, there there just is some acceptance that, that that could be the reality and that that's okay. And that as long as you're not like actively doing harm to folks in that process, I think somebody not being satisfied with your coaching is different from doing someone harm. And so I'm choosing to read this as like, you know, somebody just, isn't super jazzed with the results that you got for them. And that's different, right? Um, anyway. And then, so the the final kind of piece around like what the voice in your head is telling you, right? And you've kind of named like these aren't necessarily the conscious thoughts, but these are the things kind of running underneath is this idea of, you know, there are so many coaches out there. What business do I have trying to become one coach in this sea of so many coaches? And I think... For this question, it it gets at a couple things, right? Like, yes, there are a lot of coaches. <laughs> there are. There are a ton of coaches out in the world. Um, but I think I truly believe that there are a lot more humans who could benefit from the support of a coach than coaches, like way more. I think having I, – I, I just don't believe that we're – and I don't have like a – like scientific data to back this up right now. So this is like I'm telling you a kind of from a gut knowledge place. But I think, you know, I just truly believe that there's not a scenario where I think to myself like, oh, we probably shouldn't have any more helpers or, you know, professionals who support people for a living. Like I think there are probably too many and like not enough people need them. I think there's always space just in general, for more humans and professionals who want to help and support and enrich the lives of other people. I just, I, but that's kind of my grounding 
philosophy is around human flourishing. But so I think that's where that comes from. But all that to say, I'm not concerned about the like, there are too many coaches, we shouldn't add one more coach. And I think if you're, you know, if you if there's a mindset thing for you around there are so many coaches, it's like it's been done. I, and this goes for anybody, you know, someone who's looking to become a coach or someone who's looking to start anything new or, you know, create something. I think there's this, there can be this mindset of like, oh, there's a lot of people already doing this or this has already been done or, you know, whatever. And this this can go for anything, literally anything you ever could want to start doing you could have the thought of, oh, this has already been done. And I think adjusting your mindset around that is really important to re- actually just tweak it slightly and reframe it to say, like, okay, there are other people out there doing this and doing this successfully. So this is a viable value proposition. It's not, oh, there are a ton of people already doing this, so like I probably shouldn't do it. It probably isn't a good idea for me to do it. It's instead choosing to view that as, oh, There are, I see a lot of other coaches out there who are coaching and who are seeing clients and who are being coaches. So that means that it is possible to be a coach. And letting that kind of be the thought process and I think realizing that there's probably an intentional pivot that has to happen there for you where you might have to retrain your brain around that a little bit. But recognizing that like in the example of coaching, Of course somebody's done it before. Of course there are people out there who are doing this already. But it's demonstrating to you that it's a service that there is a demand for. It's a service that people want. It's something that people will pay money for. And the, you know, the fact that there are other coaches is is proof of that, right? And this can be true of anything. This can be like, oh, I really, you know, I want to be a painter, but... You know, I can't think of anything like new and completely original to paint. Everything has already been painted in some way. There is, I mean, I'm the kind of person that's like, there's no such thing as a completely original idea. But there's, you haven't painted something before. We haven't seen what it looks like for, you know, if you're like, I want to paint trees, but so many people have painted trees. Well, I haven't seen what your trees look like. So I think, you know, it's, it's, understanding that like of course things have been done pretty much pretty much everything you can ever think of has been done before in some way but it has not yet been done by you I think the thing to remember is like if I think about myself as a coach my clients don't decide to work with me because they've never seen another life coach before and they're like life coach this is a novel new idea right they don't decide they want to work with me because this you know the concept of self-worth is brand new to them They decide to work with me because I show up to my work as my full authentic self with my very specific kind of blend of life experience, with my philosophy on personal development, cursing like a sailor at every turn, as me, just fully as me. They choose to work with me because they want to work with a coach, but they want to work with a coach like me. People aren't going to come to you because, you know, the idea of working with a coach is totally novel and brand new to them, probably. They're going to come to you because you have a service to offer that they need, and you are offering that service as you. And a big part of this is then going to be putting yourself out there. It's really going to be willing to say the words, I'm a coach, or in your case, I'm a career coach, 
which is going to, to be clear, is going to feel bananas at the beginning. I can speak from experience because you have to kind of step into that identity and live into that truth that you are a coach, that you are this thing that you are working to become and build that. I mean, there is that mindset for yourself of building your internal sense of legitimacy around this. And there's so much power in just naming this. I'm, I'm serious. Again, I have lived this. There's so much power in naming this and owning this as part of your identity and telling people what you are doing and speaking it out into existence and then just literally being you while you do it. That is the value add that you bring is you might be offering something that, yes, a bunch of other people are offering, but you are doing it as you. And you, you know, you also ask, you know, how I, how do I recommend that fellow coaches remain grounded in their self-worth, that they have the confidence in their qualifications to then charge for their time or their services? So I have two parts to this answer. I think the first part is that you just have to start coaching. You have to start doing it. Um, and I don't know if, if you, the person who wrote this, is in, if you're in a coaching certification program or not. They aren't required in order for you to call yourself a coach. But um, personally, I did one. I wanted to be certified. Um, and my general philosophy tends to be that it's probably helpful to go through a certification of some kind. Um, and so in that program, one of my assignments was to do as just as many coaching sessions as possible free of charge, just to do them, just to start offering people for free or for cheap um, coaching sessions, just one-off coaching sessions, just to get yourself into the groove of actually coaching people. And I cannot tell you what that will do for your confidence. It, you know, you're going to be nervous. <laughs> you're going to be nervous. It's going to be scary, especially the, those first couple of sessions where you're like, I haven't, you know, sure, I've done these things before. I've supported people through things. I've given people guidance around career stuff for years, but I've never done it in this context before. I don't know what this is going to feel like. It's going to be scary. Even though the person isn't paying you any money, it's going to be stressful. But quickly, what happens is as you live into that, as you demonstrate it over and over, you are going to be able to quickly see how you are adding value for people in a short period of time. You're going to see that your time and your perspective and your expertise really is valuable. And you can only really see that and feel that and live into that by starting, by doing it, by not kind of ideating about it or letting yourself live in the, what if someone doesn't, you know, get value out of my services? What if someone doesn't want to pay me what I'm charging? What if I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing? Just try. Just start and just try. And I think this goes for so many things, right? This isn't like so much of what I've been talking about. This isn't just for coaching. Anything that you want to do, if you're asking me, you know, how do I get grounded in my self-worth around this? How do I build confidence in, you know, my abilities here? Just do the fucking thing. Just do the thing. And that's not to say that there's not, you know, self-worth practice in just being who you are as a human. But so much of the way we build confidence in things and so much of how we, you know, create comfort, so much of confidence is just comfort. It's willingness to kind of go into something and look silly, but it's also comfort with yourself to know that if you fuck it up, you're still okay. And so I think that's that's important here and really just diving in and doing it all with the mindset kind of in the back of your mind of like, 
I'm going to try this and I think I'm going to get better at it as I go and I'm going to get more comfortable. And if I fuck up along the way, like I'm still good. I'm still me and I'm still okay. And just reiterating that to yourself. And then I think the second part, um, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you this, I mean, this like feels a little vulnerable to say, but this is something that I do and that I started doing literally from the moment I started coaching and I probably will do forever. Um, And this is kind of like a, it maps onto like a bigger, broader practice that I have here. But basically anytime that someone says something encouraging about my work as a coach, so whether that's, you know, a DM on Instagram from someone who listened to my podcast and found it super helpful and meaningful, whether it's, you know, one of my clients texting me that our session was like transformative for them and they had a conversation with their partner and it totally changed their perspective, whether that's an email from a client who has told me that like, oh my God, I got the job or I got the promotion or whatever thing. I save these. I truly, I take a screenshot and I save every single one of them to a folder. And I'm like a a visual, like file it away kind of person. I have like folders of all kinds of different things. I have folders of like things that made me smile for my friends. I have folders of like sweet texts with my wife. Like I'm the person who files away things that are meaningful for me because I know how powerful the visual is for me when I'm in a tough moment. And I think a lot of how I talk about, you know, with you all to approach your inner critic, you know, the ways that I encourage you to interact with that inner critic voice, especially when they're being an asshole, when they're telling you, you don't know what you're doing, you're an imposter, who are you to be this thing that you want to be, and how you actually should respond, right, to that inner critic with with data that supports a different conclusion. You know, having a conversation with your inner critic and saying, this isn't true and here's why. This folder for me is data. And I mean, all of the folders that I just referenced service that in some different way. But in this example, you know, if I'm ever doubting myself, if I ever wonder, oh God, is the work I'm doing making a difference for people? Am I actually adding value for my clients? If I ever have that little moment of self-doubt, I have a very powerful set of data to support the conclusion that, yes, I am adding value. Yes, I am doing meaningful work. Yes, this work does matter. And so I think there is something to, you know, whatever that is for you, whether it's literally doing the screenshotting thing, whether it's, you know, writing notes to yourself, whether it's having a couple of like go-to people who you know can encourage you in those moments when you're you're feeling discouraged, I think having that resource that you can tap into is really important. And I mean, you ask here at the end, like, did I ever experience self-doubt when I was starting my coaching business? And if so, what did I do to overcome it? So of course, yes, I absolutely experienced self-doubt, especially early on. And I mean, in terms of how I overcame it, I would say it's all the stuff that I've already talked about, you know, the shifts in mindset, also, you know, practice, just like literally doing the work um, by being a coach, by actually coaching people, by adding value, whether in the beginning, whether it was paid or not. And something that really sticks with me as I think about this and as I think about like getting started at anything and where self-doubt creeps in, something that really sticks with me, and I don't actually remember where I heard this, but if I do remember 
I'll, I'll go back and add it into the show notes. But I was listening to some author or speaker talk about, you know, sharing their expertise and how oftentimes we feel like our insights aren't actually interesting or worth sharing. Like the thoughts that we have or the ideas that we have aren't worth sharing because, you know, we feel like those things are obvious or like, well, this isn't worth saying. Everybody knows this, right? But if you think about it, of course we feel that way. It's a thought or an insight that we had. So of course it feels obvious to us when we've, that's coming from a place where we've spent often years and years working on something or, you know, acquiring different lived experiences and, you know, learning different things and actually living it out. Of course, if we want to use an example, of course it feels obvious to me that asking for what you need in a relationship isn't something to be ashamed of. Because I spent years learning that lesson the hard way. Right? So of course that feels obvious to me. That doesn't mean it feels obvious to you. In fact, I know for many of you who listen to this podcast that that is a new notion to you. That is something you need to be reminded of all the time. That's why you listen to this podcast. Right? And if I let myself believe that lie that this somehow wasn't worth sharing or this was common knowledge or this was just something that's in my personality or, you know, something most mostly everybody knows, then I literally wouldn't do any of the work that I do, right? If I let myself believe that lie, that what I have to share isn't interesting, isn't useful, isn't helpful, isn't worth someone else's time, isn't worth somebody else's financial investment, I wouldn't be able to do any of the work that I do. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast because it wouldn't exist. And I think so much of what holds people back when you're starting a new thing, whether the new thing is, you know, becoming a coach like this person or whether it's writing a book or it's going back to school or you're building a new, you know, habit around your health or you're picking up a hobby. So much of what holds us back is that we're afraid of looking stupid, right? We're afraid that we're going to look like we don't know what we're doing. We're afraid of fucking up in front of people. We're afraid that someone is going to judge us or they're going to make fun of us for trying a new thing and being bad at it. But I have to tell you, and I mean this sincerely and unilaterally, anyone who would make fun of you for being brave enough to try something you are excited about is a fucking asshole. They're an asshole. Trying new things is brave. Starting a business is brave. Believing in your skill set, believing in your expertise, enough that you want to use it then to help people is brave. And you might suck at it at first. Like that, that is a very possible reality. A lot of things that we try for the first time, we suck. It's, it's a, <laughs> a strong likelihood. But that makes it braver, don't you think? I still, you know, I still remind myself of that all the time, actually, even, you know, as I've been, I've been coaching for a while, not like a hugely long amount of time, but long enough that coaching in general no longer feels super new to me. But, you know, this month, I actually, I'm launching my first group coaching program, which is something that I've never done before. Um, And, you know, I think 
it would be easy for me to be like, oh, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this. So like, I shouldn't try it. Instead of letting that hold me back, right, from trying something that I've been wanting to try now probably for over a year. I've been thinking about it a lot and this is something I've really wanted to do and that I've gotten myself really excited about. And so instead of letting that thought hold me back of like, I've never done this, like what if I, you know, what if I don't know what I'm doing? I don't know exactly how to do this or how I want this to look yet. I, you know, have some ideas, but I'm not sure how they would really look in practice. Instead of letting that hold me back, I'm actually just leaning into that fact instead. I'm leaning into the idea that it might be bumpy and not, to be clear, not to the point that I'm like, this is going to suck at first because I actually don't think that that's true with this. But I do think there might be things that are a little bit bumpy, things that are that don't go how I expect them to. And so the way I've chosen to address that is I've actually got a pilot group of amazing folks who are excited and who knows, who they, they know that this is going to be kind of a learning experience, right? They they know that I'm trying out new things and they're still psyched about it. I've told them that, you know, in addition to, you know, providing you new skills and tools and insight and support, that a big purpose of this group is to try out different techniques and different exercises and different formats and, you know, different things to see what works best for this. So this can be something that I offer consistently. And I wasn't necessarily sure how enthusiastic people would be to be a part of something like that, but people were actually really excited about it. And I got a lot of interest. And, you know, the message that I'm putting out there is not some inauthentic, like, hey, this is a perfect, shiny group coaching program. It's a very honest, you know, hey, I'm trying to learn how to do a new thing. And if you want to be a part of helping me figure it out, come hang out and get coached in the process. And I think it's, I think it's okay to build the plane as you're flying it sometimes. And if you're real about that, what's really fun is that you might be surprised and you might see that other people actually want to get on the plane with you. So try new shit. Be brave enough to suck at something new. I promise you. That if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to be brave and try the thing and maybe fuck it up, but maybe not, that the amount that you will learn and grow from that experience is going to be worth it to honor something you're really excited about. Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted, everyday self-care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm 
and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.